Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as hosts Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. Today is Thursday, October 6, 2022. Hope everyone is having a great week thus far. I am, of course, your host, Mike Abadir, and I am excited to talk to you today, even though today's been a little bit dragging, to be honest with you. It's kind of been one of those days. I say that probably about once a month, don't I? I need to go back and look at the records and see how often by Thursday at 4 p.m. I'm kind of dragging a little bit. You know, you've already gone through hump day on Wednesday. You're kind of psyching yourself out and getting excited again for the upcoming weekend and then by the time thursday rolls around you're kind of limping to the finish line you're like give me friday give me out of here get me some nfl on sunday give me some mlb playoffs starting tomorrow friday october 7th we get the first set of games this is the first time i've talked to you since the fields have been set that's because Season just ended yesterday. What do you guys think of that? Wednesday finish to the season. I kind of like it, actually. I kind of like it better than going up against NFL on Sunday, and you're kind of conflicted, and you're going back and forth, and you get kind of a half an experience on each of the sports. Whereas on Wednesday, even though a lot of people are at work, we could still see the scores, and baseball's kind of at a slow enough pace where you could kind of follow along even during a work day. And... uh get that game cast going or if you've got the mlb package you know flip back and forth between some games i like that they all start at one o'clock pacific time four o'clock for you east coasters and uh and that the season wraps up all pretty much at the same time all within 10 20 30 minutes of each other i thought that was pretty cool so props to baseball if you notice baseball is finally starting to adopt and make the necessary changes that it needs to to stay I don't want to say stay relevant. I think MLB will always be relevant. Baseball will always be relevant. But to stay, to modernize a little bit. And for the longest time, that was the whole thing, right? We don't need to modernize. We've got the best game in the world. Everybody, my friends, needs to evolve and modernize. So um, that was one thing that they did, which is pretty cool. A lot of changes coming on next year as well. But we got plenty of time to time to talk about that so i'm not gonna waste a single second talking about 2023 outside of saying that i'm glad that the angels were able to lock down shohei otani for 2023 it's obvious that they did that just because they are selling the team you can't have one of your best assets leave while you're selling the team can you sign him for a one-year deal and then let the next owner decide does he want to give him a long-term deal or not Let's go back to this year, though. Let's stick with this year. Let's talk about the playoffs. They start tomorrow. The field is set. A lot of really good matchups. And I'm going to break them down. I'm going to tell you who I think is going to win. I'm going to give you my predictions. Now, I'm under the the pressure of of trying to follow up um, from a couple of years ago when I had a, a, a perfect bracket all the way through. And I haven't been able to do so since. So, I'm going to try to redeem myself here a little bit. So, we got, uh, let me tell you the series is that we've got. So, the Rays end up playing at Cleveland because Cleveland is the division winner. So, at this point, it doesn't matter who's got the better record. The division winner is going to host the AL wildcard game. Probables for game one should be a great matchup. Shane McClanahan against Shane Bieber. Battle of the Shanes. The other game in the the other uh, series in the American League is going to be between the Blue Jays and the Mariners. The Blue Jays host Seattle. It's a pretty big trip from Seattle all the way across the country into Canada to Toronto, coast to coast kind of matchup. And uh, Toronto has the home field, which means in this round, guys, I don't know if you know this or not, but the home team plays all three games there if necessary. We talked before at great lengths as to why I thought the Blue Jays were going to have any and any edge on 
in terms of personnel because of the vaccine. Now, I have no idea the vaccination status for the Seattle Mariners. But what I do know is that if there are any players that are unvaccinated on the team, they won't be able to cross into Canada. They won't be able to get into Toronto. We saw that during the regular season many times. Players had to leave behind. Uh, teams had to leave behind players. Players were left behind. So we'll see uh, if that is a storyline or not. I haven't had a chance to look into it yet. Make sure you do before you do any of your wagers and your prop bets and all that kind of stuff. To the National League. The Padres head to New York and play the Mets. Your punishment for not winning the division is you get to face a really tough foe in the Mets. And the, Mar- and the, uh, the other National League series is the Phillies at St. Louis. So we've got some pretty good matchups. What will the all mean? Well, in the American League, the Yankees get the winner of the Rays and Guardians. The Rays, Tampa and Cleveland. And the Astros will host the winner of the Mariners and the Blue Jays. In the National League, the two buys, buys over there are the Braves and the Dodgers. So the Braves will get the winners of Philadelphia and St. Louis. And the Dodgers get the winner of the Padres and the Mets. Now, the funny thing about that is this. I think the Dodgers are going to get the tougher foe between the Padres and the Mets. I think the Padres and the Mets are both two teams that I believe are tougher than the Phillies and the Cardinals. But since all this stuff is based on record and not necessarily who's tougher in the playoffs, it doesn't matter. So that's how this field is all shaken out. Let me give you the winners. So we'll start over in the American League. I think the Guardians are going to take care of business and handle the Rays. I think the Guardians are very underrated. I think Cleveland has a good formula going. They've got good team speed. They don't strike out. They get on base. They hit for average. I believe they led the league in hitting, uh, batting average-wise. And they've got some really good pitching. I mean, their top two, Bieber and uh, McKenzie, are as good as any. I know the Rays are pesky. I know they always outdo predictions every single year. But I think Cleveland has a really good playoff formula. So I'm going to take the, the, the Guardians to win that series. In the other series in the American League, I'm going to have the Blue Jays beating the Mariners. That'll leave us then with the Yankees and the Guardians. I'm going to call a huge upset right here. And I'm going to say that the Guardians beat the Yankees. The Guardians, Cleveland Guardians will advance. They will upset the Yankees. Guardians will be playing on house money. Nobody's expected them to do anything. The Yankees... Let's face it, man. They've been carried by by Aaron Judge. If Judge wasn't on the team, is there anything about the Yankees that scares you? If so, what is it? Giancarlo Stanton, strike out a home run? Who are the other guys in the lineup that worry you? How about pitching-wise? I mean, Garrett Cole and Severino, they're not unbeatable. I think the, I was going to say the Indians, I think the Guardians do the little things right, play playoff baseball, which is good pitching, good defense, move runners over, steal some bases, manufacture some runs, eke out wins. And I think that's exactly what happens. Huge congrats to Aaron Judge for winning the American League home run title for 2022, as well as breaking the American League single season home run record. The pressure must have been immense. 
You know, it's very different than when Rodri Maris did it. I know Maris was under a lot of pressure. He started losing some of his hair. He was so stressed out about the whole thing. But Maris didn't have to face four pitchers, five different pitchers in a game. He had one guy that was tiring in the fifth, seventh, ninth, eleventh. Same guy usually pitched throughout. But nonetheless, huge congratulations to Aaron Judge. Let's continue. So I've got the Guardians, Cleveland Guardians beating the New York Yankees. And then in the other series, I, I have to take the Houston Astros. I think they are the best team in baseball. I believe that they will beat the Blue Jays. That will leave us with the Astros and the Guardians. I think the Astros win that series in what will be a very, very well-played, good, competitive baseball playoff series and the Astros will win that to represent the American League in the World Series over to the National League the Mets and the Padres and I'm going to say this I think the winner of that series is going to beat the Dodgers so basically I'm saying the winner of the Mets and Padres is going to be in the NLCS so let me save that for a quick second Cardinals and the Phil and the uh and the Phillies what a toss-up there but I think the Cardinals they were just really consistent this year, especially in the second half. And they have two guys that are going to be finalists in the MVP race with Goldie, Paul Goldschmidt, and Nolan Arenado. They play pretty good defense. They've got some good pitching. I wouldn't call it great pitching. Uh, their top end isn't necessarily going to scare you, but it's going to keep them in games. You know, these are guys that... Um, know how to win Wainwright and Miles Michaelis and Michaelis and and, and uh, Jordan Montgomery and company and they've got a really good bullpen so all the, all the starters don't need to pitch a shutout you know they could give up three four runs with that offense hand it over to the bullpen help them stay in a game and, the, and they'll win some games five to three six to four I think that that's exactly what we're going to see in the playoffs Phillies just don't have enough pitching-wise. You know, Wheeler and Nola are good. Their bullpen improved a lot in the second half. But it's the first time Phillies have been in the playoffs for a long time. I think it's going to be a short stay. So that will line up the Cardinals and the Braves. And I, I, I'm going to take the Braves to win that series. So the Braves will be in the NLCS. So back to the Padres and the Mets. It's tough for me because I kind of want to take the Padres in an upset. But let's let's look at something. The Mets didn't have a terrible second half. I know that they had like a nine and a half game lead on the Braves, but the Braves played exceptional baseball. The Mets record was still pretty good in the second half. It's not like they choked or had a crappy second half. The Braves just had an exceptional one. I think they played like seven thirty baseball or something like that during a large clip of the second half. So the Braves earned that division title. The Mets were a hard luck runner-up. Scherzer and DeGrom are as good as any. I'm going to take them to win that series against the Padres, match up against the Dodgers, and I think they beat the Dodgers. That'll leave us with the Mets and the Braves for the World Series. And man, I am torn. I think that is a nail-biter. But the Braves are the hotter team. They took care of business when they played the Mets head-to-head -head last weekend. I'm going to take the Braves to win the National League Championship Series and go up against the Houston Astros. I think the Astros are just a little bit better. And I think they go on to hoist the World Series trophy and win one for Dusty Baker. I think Dusty Baker wins his first World Series. Let's take a quick commercial timeout. We'll expand on this on the other side. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be back right after this. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Want to play the ponies and win? 
At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Talking playoff baseball on the Mike Abadir Show. Just went through the playoff bracket. I've got the Astros. And the Mets in the World Series. Now, why do I have the Mets upsetting the Dodgers? Dodgers won 110 games. Well, last year they won like, what, 107? I don't know. I'll tell you this much. The Dodgers have been dominant. They've won the National League West how many times in a row now? Like 10? Or, let me... Revise that. They've gone to the playoffs like 10 times in a row. I know there were some times that the Giants won the division, so apologies to the Giants. But they've won the division a bunch of times. But outside of the 2020 shortened season, COVID shortened season, and I'm not going to put an asterisk by it. That was a real win. But facts are facts. They have not won the World Series in a 162-game season. In a regular 162-game season, which is every single season outside of one, they have not won the World Series. So what I'm trying to say is this. If you were a betting man and bet the Dodgers every year to win the World Series, outside of the COVID year, you'd lose all your bets. And in most of those years, the Dodgers were the best team. Now, I'm not going to say that they're chokers or this or that, but I think that they have a little bit of the problem that the Yankees have had in recent years, which is a lot of home runs. And when the home runs go quiet, they just don't win. And this year, they had a down years from, you know, a lot of the key contributors like Max Muncy and the guys from the past that have done really well. Bellinger, Belly has just been straight up terrible now for a couple of years. Him and Christian Yellick, the two MVP candidates from 2019, have really just stunk up the joint since then, which is weird because they weren't old when they won it. They were young when they had the head-to-head battle. It's not like they've aged since then, so I don't know what's going on. I don't know if it's the mechanics. I don't know if something got to their head. I don't know if pitchers are approaching them differently. They found some weaknesses. Whatever it is, they're not the same. 
And the Dodgers seem to have quite a few of those guys that just aren't as good as, uh, as they once were. Now, how do they win 110 games? Well, look, a large part of it is playing the Rockies and the Diamondbacks a bunch of times. Now, you don't get to the 110 wins by crushing you know, a couple of division opponents. But they also did well against the Giants and the Padres. As, you know. um, but one thing that I've seen is that they're, they're not very good in one-run games or in extra inning games. In fact, in extra inning games, they have the worst record in their division. One-run games last year, they were right around 500. This year, they're a little bit above 500. What does that tell me? It tells me in some of these close contests, when a home run is needed, they're not getting it. Now, I know we've seen some walk-offs and, 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 and things from the Dodgers. Yeah, sure. But it's kind of easier to remember some of the exciting walk-offs from Will Smith or Trace Thompson or some of these role players than it is to remember, you know, how many extra inning games that they lost. But if you look it up, you'll see what I'm talking about. And I think that's a big part of it. Let me give you the exact numbers. So, in 15 extra inning games, the Dodgers only won six. Out of 31 one-run games, they were 16 and 15. The Padres, by comparison, were 30 and 17 in one-run games. Padres won 12 of 17 extra inning games. Just for comparison's sake, the Giants were seven and seven in extra innings. Diamondbacks five and seven. Colorado six and eight. And the Dodgers six and nine. So that's how it looked in the division for the Dodgers. In fact, the Dodgers' expected win total was 119. So even though they won, well, they ended up with 111 wins. So even though they ended up with 111 wins, their expected win total was 119. So they've kind of underperformed relative to the expected wins. For comparison's sake, the Padres' expected win total is 80, 86, and they ended up with 89. And I think their excellence in some of those close games helped them beat the analytical models. The Dodgers' run differential this year was historic. The number of runs scored, 847 historic. Crushing. So I know many of you can come back and say, well, look, they put up more runs than anybody by well over 50 runs. The run differential is just ridiculous. 334 more runs scored than given up. This team is dominant at 111 and 51 record. Yes, yes, and yes. Playoff baseball is a different dynamic, folks. Like I said, there's a reason why the Dodgers have never won the World Series out of this. This current core has not won the World Series in a full season and a full playoff. It just hasn't happened. In a short COVID shortened season, in a bubble. And yes, it was a bubble for, for the baseball playoffs. They won. Props to them. The World Series wing, rings are just as heavy and beautiful and valuable as the winners of World Series is of 162 games regular season. But in the years where they've had to play 162 games the rigors of a full schedule and then to have to go through the stress-laden at-bats and pitches of a regular season 
the Dodgers just have not been able to win that title. For whatever the reason, there's a lot of factors we could go down, a lot of roads we could go down. But that's just the reality of it. You could look at maybe playoff, play, uh, pl- playoff. Clay, I mixed two words. I missed. I mixed playoff and Clayton. Clayton. <laughs> playoff. Clayton Kershaw. For, mo- for the most part, has been not as good as regular season. Clayton Kershaw. And like I said, I. If I were to pinpoint it to one factor, I would say when you're a home run or nothing type of team, and I know there's some exceptions like Mookie Betts and Chris Taylor. Uh, you know, Taylor and Betts are able to manufacture runs. Line drive hitters, they could hit you some doubles. They could steal you some bases. But for the most part, the rest of that lineup is pretty much a home run bashing team. Uh, look, I get it. I know I'm going to get a lot of heat for this because Trey Turner is a fantastic hitter. Freddie Freeman is maybe the best hitter in the league. You don't put up that many runs and that kind of run differential unless you've got some great hitters and they have them. I just think that they pile up a lot of numbers against Rockies and the, and the Diamondbacks. I'd love to see some of the, the stats. If you pull those games out, how do the rest look? Another guy that was so, so this year was uh, Justin Turner. Gavin Lux was nothing exceptional. Really, I would say this. I would say Turner, Freeman, Betts, and Will Smith. Those four guys pretty much carried the team all year. I like Chris Taylor in the playoffs, like I said, and I like Trace Thompson. But pretty much, they had a four-horse lineup that carried the load this year. I mean, Muncy hit 21 home runs, but he batted 196. Bellinger was supposed to be a 120 RBI guy. He had 68 and batted 210. Outside of Freddie Freeman and Muncy... These guys don't know how to draw a walk. The highest on the team is 56 outside of Muncie and Freeman. I'm just telling you guys, I think the Dodgers are going to get bounced. Come at me if I'm wrong. I know how good their pitching is. Urias and Gonsolin and Kershaw and Tyler Anderson... All bang up. I I know. Playoff baseball is a different animal. You'll see. Mark my words. Dodgers will not win the World Series this year. Astros are the best team in baseball. I've been saying that now for a vast majority of the year. And I'm going to stick to it. Astros and the Braves. I think I may have accidentally slipped and said Astros and the Mets. It's Astros and the Braves. The Braves will eke out a win in that NLCS against DeGrom and Scherzer. If out of the break I mistakenly said Astros and the Mets, apologies. Astros and the Braves in the World Series. Astros win it for Dusty Baker. And that's the way I see the National League and the American League playoffs and how they wind up. Now I'm going to call my shot and say I'm going to run the table, but I feel pretty good about this this year. So we'll see. Now, who are the underdogs to take? Because there's always going to be underdogs that upset the apple card. Is it apple card or carts? I guess cart, probably. I don't know. I'd say look out for the Blue Jays. 
I don't know why. I just have a weird feeling that the Blue Jays could upset things. And I think in the NL, if the Padres or the Cardinals win a couple of series, is, you know, I mean, the Padres especially. Padres maybe have the best hitter on the planet in Juan Soto. Snell really improved. Musgrove is top-notch. Yu Darvish has good enough stuff to be top-notch when he wants to. Padres are sneaky. Same with the Cardinals. So I'd say in the American League, the sneaky team is the Blue Jays. In the American League, either the Padres or the Cardinals. I already mentioned Cleveland winning a series, so that's not that sneaky. But they're a pesky team. But that's a wrap, folks. That's that's how I see the American and National League playoffs. Let me know what you think. Let's come back and revisit these predictions in a bit. Let's shift on over to the National Football League for a couple moments before the break here. The season thus far can be defined by injuries to running backs. That's usually the case. You know, in the last couple of weeks or this weekend, the Bears without their top workhorse, Montgomery. The Broncos lost their young stud that they're super high on, Javante Williams. Indianapolis plays tonight without Taylor. Dalvin Cook's shoulder has been messed up. The Niners have lost Elijah Mitchell. Falcons are down to their backup. The Saints, Camaras missed some time. Swift with the Lions. We could go on and on and see how much this affects these teams. This might be the stage where we're seeing it with quarterbacks. In the AFC East, two starters are already down. In Tua, the Patriots are actually down to the third quarterback. So this might be the phase of knocking the quarterbacks out. Now, the Pittsburgh Steelers have a quarterback change, but it's not due to injury. It's due to performance. Pittsburgh sits at one and three, staring up at last place with Mitchell Trubisky taking the helm. What do they expect? I mean, seriously, what did they think Trubisky was going to do? Catch lightning in a bottle? No way. So as we say here right now, there are three, three and one teams in AFC. Dolphins, Bills, and Chiefs. Outside of that, almost the whole conference is like two and two. And the NFC, the funny thing is the NFC at least, the East, has the best records. Eagles 4-0, Cowboys 3-1, Giants 3-1. and Vikings and the Packers are also 3-1. And then pretty much everybody else is two and two. So that's how we're looking record-wise in the NFL. Um, Oh, another starter that's been knocked out is Jameis Winston, quarterback. So I think this is the the phase. Oh, and, and Trey Lance with the Niners. So as you see, running backs, now quarterbacks, are starting to get knocked out each and every week. We're only through week four, guys. That's a lot of personnel, starters, impact guys that are that are that have been knocked out. Now some of these guys are gonna be able to come back. Whereas others like Tua, who the heck knows?
the big concussion doctor. I don't remember the, his name, but the guy they made the movie with or due to who unveiled a lot of the CTE stuff, he's saying Tua should retire. That would be his recommendation. Okay, let's take our final timeout. We'll come back, talk some NFL, give you this week's picks right after this. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel have you become a member yet sign up now to become a member of voice america it's always free and easy plus you get to take advantage of some great member benefits get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels keep track of your favorite episodes shows and hosts in your own customizable library find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites plus you get insider access with our newsletter membership gives you more Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at themikeabadirshow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Final segment here on the Mike Abadir Show. We're talking some NFL now. Just to recap, baseball, i predicting that the Houston Astros will go on to defeat the Atlanta Braves to win the World Series. Give my man Dusty his World Series trophy. Talking NFL and uh, just reiterating how through four games the storyline so far has been Injuries to running backs, and now we're seeing injuries to quarterbacks. That's really been the storyline so far. A lot of subplots, of course. But the Patriots are even under third quarterback, Bailey Zapp or Zappy. He was their fourth-round pick out of Western Kentucky. He's their number three behind Mac, uh, behind Mac Jones and Brian Hoyer. So the Patriots are digging pretty deep into their depth chart. Let's look at some of this week's ball games. I've got a couple of picks. And they're not amongst, like, maybe the marquee games necessarily. Let me go ahead and give you the picks now while we're at it. So, probably one of the lesser intriguing matchups this weekend. A game that I'm not going to be watching, unless I actually have some real money on it. The Titans and and the Commanders. 
And they've got the Titans going on the road and being a one-and-a-half-point favorite. But I think they have the wrong team favorite here. I actually like the Commanders. A lot of the money is going on the Titans, and I'm not quite sure why. I think the Commanders take care of business at home and win this ballgame. Uh, Titans are just... I'm not seeing it from them this year. Commanders are nothing exceptional either. But when Wentz is hot, he can put up some some numbers. He's just inconsistent as hell. You never know with that guy. Like if you play him in fantasy football, he could get you like 24 points or get you like 12. This is like no in-between. So, yeah, I'm taking the Commanders in, in that matchup. Now, a little bit more interesting of a matchup, Sunday night matchup, Bengals and the Ravens. Let's take a look at the last couple of matchups between these teams. They last matched up a couple days after Christmas last year. And the Bengals destroyed them 41-21. to 21. The matchup before that was in late October last year, and they beat them 41-17. to 17. So they've put up back-to-back -back 41 spots against the Ravens. In the two matchups last year, they basically, if you add them up, the score's up 82 to 38. 82 to 38, the Bengals beat the Ravens last year. So when I look at this matchup, and I'm getting three and a half as the Bengals, I'll take my chances with that. Why not? I have 84 to 38 on my side. Primetime game, national TV. The Ravens keep blowing monster leads at home. They're 0-2 at home. I think it should be a fun shootout to watch. Could be one of those matchups. The last team that has the ball in their hands wins. And so because of that, I'm going to take the over. Over 48. So those are my three games. I'm going to take the Commanders at home. I'm going to take the Ravens over. And I'm going to take the Bengals. I should say the Bengals over that way. It makes more sense, right? I'm going to take the Bengals and the over in the Bengals game. Now, if I were to define it numerically, I would say that the Bengals and the Commanders are stronger plays for me than the over out of my three, if I were to rate them. But nonetheless, those are my three plays for the weekend. Cincinnati, Cincinnati over, and Washington at home. A lot of, a lot of intriguing matchups this weekend, though. So let's talk about those a little bit. I think... A couple of the ones that I'm most intrigued by are the Eagles and the Cardinals, Battle of the Birds. The Monday night matchup should be really fun, the Raiders and the Chiefs. It always is fun between those teams. You have the Cowboys and the Rams. Cowboys somehow sitting there at 3-1. and one. The Rams at 2-2. Two and two. They can ill afford to go to 2-3 and three in this matchup. Uh Dolphins and the Jets, can can one really say that that's an intriguing matchup? Well, they're 3-1 and one and 2-2. Two and two. It's probably a better head-to-head -head or a better record for when those two teams meet. It's been a long time since you've had 3-1 and one and 2-2 two and two in that matchup. Let's put it that way. Same thing with the Bears and Vikings, 3-1, and 2-2. Two and two. Not really sure how the Bears are 2-2, two and two, how they won two games. 
but they're definitely a better home team than a road team. They're 0-2 at home. The Vikings are 2-0 at home. I think the Vikings take care of business. When's the last time you've seen the Bills 14-point favorites over the Steelers? Better yet, when's the last time you've seen the Steelers getting 14 points? It's a lot of points. If it wasn't for the unknown in terms of Pickett, his first start of the year, I'd be inclined to say just take the points. I might still be inclined to say take the points. But I think one of the things that's at play here is that out of the first four games, the Bills have been on the road for three of them. They've only had one at home, so... You know, there may be some home cooking here, some home loving going on. And that might be a big part of the reason why that line is 14. It's not one of my plays for this week, but 14 points is a lot of points. And then NFL, I think anybody that plays knows that. Because let's face it, most NFL games are, are close to the end. Somehow, some way, they always find a way to be a close game. There's some weird matchups, interconference matchups. There's also some interesting, um, you know, AFC versus NFC. But one within the conference, that's kind of an important one really, is the Chargers and the Browns. Because the loser of that game goes to two and three. And there were a lot of people that had high hopes for the Chargers this year. I don't think two and three in the first five games is exactly what people thought of when they thought about the Chargers being a contender in the West. But that's the thing. You start creating a hole for yourself. We see it every year. Teams would go out and win the last five games in a row, six games in a row, fall, you know, a hair short. And it's because they, they dig themselves into holes that they can't get out of. A lot of people had big expectations for the Lions. But they're 1-3. and three. Patriots, 1-3. and three. Loser of that game goes to 1-4. and four. So it's either going to be Belichick or the trendy Lions are going to be 1-4. and four. Come Monday. Come Sunday night. How about the Seahawks and the Saints? That's an interesting NFC matchup. Falcons and the Bucks. Panthers and the Niners. So I want to focus, though, really on the, to me, the premier matchup is the Eagles and the Cardinals. Why do I call that the premier, premier matchup? Well, it involves the only unbeaten team in football, the Eagles 4-0. And if you guys know me over the last couple of years, I'm kind of high on the Cardinals. I've got a kind of like a favorable bias towards them. I think this should be a really fun game. Two quarterbacks with similar styles and Hurts and Kyler Murray. Two teams with exceptional wide receivers. The Brown brothers. They're not really brothers, but Hollywood Brown and A.J. Brown on each side. Man, they've been fantastic. I think that might be the best matchup of the weekend. You know, back-to-back good matchups. The afternoon game is is the Eagles-Cardinals. The night game is the uh, Bengals and Ravens. Actually, back-to-back-to-back, because then on Monday night, you have the Raiders and the Chargers. Chargers are looking pretty good. I mean, the Chiefs... Did I say Raiders and Chargers? I meant Raiders and the Chiefs. Excuse me, folks. Raiders and the Chiefs on Monday night. And Chiefs are looking really good. Yeah, I know that they had that stumble in Indy, but that could happen to anybody on the road. The Chiefs seem to be one of those teams that it doesn't matter. You lose Cheetah, you reload, you're able to put up points. Insert anybody into that offense, scoring points is uh, going to be the outcome. 
And when I say scoring points, I mean scoring points. Nobody scored more points than the Kansas City Chiefs so far. There's only a few teams that have crossed the 100-point threshold. Although the Chiefs have gone to 129. Now here's the funny thing. Out of the teams that have gotten 100 points, and there's only like six of them or five of them, so the Bills have 114. The Ravens have 119. The Browns have 105. And the Jaguars have 105. So Browns and, and Jags don't seem like they belong. In the NFC, it's the Eagles with 115. The Lions with 140. And they're still 1-3. and three. And then the Falcons with 103. Who would have thought the Falcons? So that's some interesting stuff there. We got to wind down the show here, folks. We're pretty much at the tail end. But enjoy what should be a fantastic baseball opening round of the playoffs. That starts tomorrow. NFL games this weekend look like there's a, a, a very competitive matchup of games. Not super intriguing for the most part, but later on, like I said, you got back-to-back-to-back -to -back -to -back good matchups, so that should be a lot of fun. Good luck with your fantasy teams, folks. That is all the time we have for this week. Thank you for listening. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.